Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. Raghav Bala is with me, and he is the co-founder of an organization called the Kuman Club. I can't even wait. We're going to talk all about authentic Indian food and meal kits. Like It's a great growing category right now, and they've got a really neat ankle on it. I'm so excited that you're here. Raghav, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Justin. So great to meet you. Um, I had a lot of fun researching you and your brand, and uh, can't wait to unpack it. Uh, no pun intended. It's going to be great. And uh, our audience, this is an area where we haven't spent a lot of time. I was talking about the number of you know episodes we've done in the um, last couple of years, and this is an area where we haven't spent a lot of time, so I'm very excited about it. Um, let's do this first before we get to the Kumin Club. How about share a little bit about you and your background before uh, you and your co-founders decided to launch? Absolutely. Uh, I grew up in India. I uh, just like most of uh, people growing up in India, became an engineer, electrical engineering. Decided that it's not for me. Uh, <laughs> nice. I, you know, it took me four years to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but but once I graduated, I gravitated towards business, uh, starting with uh, analytics, where I was consultant for one of the world's largest retailer. And uh, all of this was in Bangalore in India. And sure. I got the opportunity to move to Bentonville, Arkansas for the said retailer. <laughs> one, and, uh, one that might be called Walmart. <laughs> said retailer. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, since then I've worked for uh, multiple e-commerce companies and uh, went to business school in Chicago and, when I graduated, I had this idea for, you know, taking what I love, which is vegetarian Indian food, and what I have professionally built up over the last 10 years, which is e-commerce knowledge, brought the two together and brought two amazing co-founders into the into the loop. And we started the Cumin Club in 2019. And I love that. What a great story. And yeah, it's interesting. So when I was uh, looking at your background, so you had electrical engineering, I'm an industrial engineer, and then I actually got into analytics also. And some people might Mm -hmm. think, well, someone that's an engineer and in analytics and like data, how can they be creative or like launch a brand? And I mean, you're doing it. And there's there's so many people that I've met that have similar Mm -hmm. backgrounds, and then they have this big creative quotient. So where did the Mm -hmm. idea for Cumin Club come from? Absolutely. Uh, in a lot of ways, my mom is the founder of the company. While I was in business school part-time and working a full-time job, I was just running all the time. And as a vegetarian, at 10 p.m. in the night, it's usually unhealthy food that is available to you. <laughs> right. Not a lot of options. <laughs> especially for a vegetarian. Sure. Uh, you know, a Capri sandwich gets, uh, you know, labeled as vegetarian option, but uh, guess what? <laughs> Vegetarians hate it. <laughs> sure. And, uh, uh, you know, my mom saw that uh, I was not eating right. And all the way from India, she started sending me dry roasted ingredients with all the spices mixed together in the right proportions. And all I had to do was add hot water. That is as simple as it can get. Simple. And exactly. And 
you know, the, the best part is my mom approves of it, which means there are no preservatives. She knows that it's going to be good for me. Uh, that's where the idea for the Cumin Club came about. Uh, there, there were a lot of meal kits in the market, uh, but uh, when it comes to vegetarian, when it comes to ethnic food, we were one of the first few companies to uh, launch and make it a 100% vegetarian uh, inspired by Cuisines of India meal kits. And all our dishes take five minutes or less to prepare. So we kept that original promise that my mom made to me. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's how things started rolling. Man, amazing. So, um, and you guys can check out thecumanclub.com and you, you, there's all kinds of different meal kit um, packages, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Um, when you think about, though, a company like this, there's the product part. So the, the package of um, ingredients that come together to make the meal in five minutes, delivered to your door, authentic Indian taste, etc. Then there's also the e-commerce part, like the building the site, you know, and making sure you have everything set up for easy taking, easy access for order taking, understanding the customer, mm-hmm. engaging and all that. So did you do both at the same time or did you go after product first? Like, how did you think about that? Absolutely. Uh, I, I would strongly recommend uh, anyone who's thinking about starting a brand to check out Shopify, uh, not not a paid promotion by any means, but love <laughs> right. how commercial, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I just love how simple they make it to you know get your dream store started. So we did exactly that, and here comes the the other side of the picture. We grew out of Shopify within a year uh, as we realized the limitations of Shopify. We were able to get a good start and then build our own website with our own technology and sure. so on. And uh, to your question, it is a bit about bit of managing both. Uh, the first year was very formative. Every customer is getting a call from us, talk asking uh, you know a lot of detailed questions. All of that translates into changes in our product. And in parallel, we are working with developers to make the website bring the brand to life. Uh, One of the first things that we did when we started the business was to write a blog post about why we are starting this business. And in today's world, that really matters. It is the, when it comes to e-commerce, you buy the story first and you buy the product next. Wow. And (laughs) yeah, no, it's exactly. mm -hmm. And that, that is exactly what we focused on and we continue to focus on the storytelling part of it. Got it. Okay, cool. So, and then how did you figure out the making of the product? You got this nice packaging, easy open and some ingredients. Was that already being done by someone or did you have to come up with those ideas and then have them packaged? Mm -hmm, For sure. So we set up an R&D center and we, uh, our goal was to find out what's the best way to preserve food without the use of preservatives. The clean label movement is very well here. Everyone leads, reads the ingredients. And the uh, environmental consciousness is also very much top of mind. We, we were able to establish freeze-drying technology as the core of what we do. The, the idea of freeze-drying is uh, essentially making the food and taking it through a 12-hour process of dehydrating it because moisture is what makes food go, go bad. 
the bacterial activity, etc. When we freeze dry the food, we get six months to upwards of six months in shelf life. Wow. And that's how we're able to. What a big difference, right? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we saw there were few players experimenting in this freeze drying space. And outside of Indian food, there have been plenty of applications of freeze drying. Everything from uh, beef jerky to, uh, you know, the Starbucks uh, strawberries that go into your summer drinks. Sure. They're all freeze dried. So we took that technology, modified it and made our own, uh, you know, custom machinery to freeze dry everyday Indian food, which is rich in lentils, vegetables, rice, sure. which all lend itself, lends itself very, very well to freeze drying. And you hadn't done any work in freeze drying before. So how did you figure that out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> One of my co-founders, Kiru, uh, is from, um, has some background in logistics and operations and has worked for large CPG companies before. And the technology itself was new to all of us, but he really uh, put his engineering hats on and the business school hat on and figured out the core of the technology, the good parts and the bad parts of what current operators were doing. And it's all first principles, figuring out the exact science behind it and modifying the equipment to fit the first principles. Got it. That makes sense. Um, and what a cool idea. Uh, like, again, unique angle to this challenge, right? And it also, I'm guessing, makes it easier for shipping because of the packaging. Um, you don't need to have a box. You know, This could easily ship in an envelope and, and whatnot. We could talk about that in just a few moments. Um, how mm-hmm. about share with our audience some of the flavors? Um, and then what are some of the best sellers? By the way, I really like the hot and make it hurt flavors. But <laughs> share with our audience <laughs> some of the unique flavors you guys are in your packaging. Absolutely. So we represent uh, a collection of cuisines that is generally getting gets called as, you know, Indian cuisine. But in reality, it's cuisines of India. India is a very diverse country. And what I grew up eating in the south of India might be completely remote and new to someone who's from the west part of India. So we take uh, inspiration from each of these regions. We bring in expert chefs from that region and we have created a menu of 40 different dishes that represent seven different cuisines within india and so help break that down 40 different dishes that represent mm -hmm. seven different cuisines so how about talk about the seven different cuisines just give those to us so we understand those absolutely uh especially in the u.s the uh, punjabi cuisine is quite popular uh, the you have the the tikka masala, the paneer butter masala, and a lot of it that goes with bread, naan or roti bread. So that's the North Indian or Punjabi cuisine. We also have uh, Mumbai, which is known for its street food. Sure, and that's where you know pav bhaji and misal pav comes from. Got it. We have. Taste of Chennai, which is all the way in the south. And um, that's where sambar and idlis come from. Okay. As you go south, you will see more rice sure. than, than wheat. 
you know, which is quite interesting. We also have dishes from Kolkata, which is the eastern part of India. Got it. And the Kerala, which is another, you know, uh, popular cuisine. And finally, Hyderabad, which is quite known for its spices. It's a, you know, speaking of make me sweat. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is, that, make you know, it that's hurt. what you need. <laughs> Got it. I know. I love that. And I've spent time in a lot of those places. Did you have mm-hmm. to do all... Or, you know, why do all seven? You know what I mean? Or were you trying to appeal to a broader audience or was it no big deal to be able to offer kind of alternatives in each of those? Mm-hmm. There are two reasons. One, we want to celebrate the diversity of India. Uh, the, um, you know, in all honesty, anything that gets passed along as Indian food, especially here in Chicago, is uh, quite disheartening because it <laughs> represents... <laughs> <laughs> one small sliver of what cuisines of India can bring to you. Sure. So sure. we were quite conscious about, you know, uh, Indian food needs a, a makeover. Indian food needs a new definition. So we uh, that's how uh, we decided on bringing these different regions in. And we started with four and eventually added three. Out of the three. And um, how did you how did you build awareness? Okay, so back to it, right? I built my website on Shopify. Mm-hmm. I got some product for four areas. I've got ideas on the mix and it's working. Like I've tasted it. I'm, I kind of fast forwarded over that part. But how did you get people to want to buy it or then even know it's out there to buy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as easy it is to start a website and, uh, you know, have products to sell. Driving the initial traction is where the magic is. The first hundred customers are likely going to be your friends, friends and, and family. family. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> yeah. It's about giving them a very good experience. That you know, friends are going to refer you other friends, but if you really blow their uh, mind with your product, they are going to talk about you in groups, Facebook groups, That's WhatsApp right. groups. Instagram and and so on, and that is how we got the first thousand customers. Got just it. Just pure word of mouth. Uh, you know, thousand. The, things, the first thousand customers. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that uh, we uh, that I strongly believe in is not to jump into paid acquisition in the first year of business. Why? Why do you say that? Like, help our audience understand that. Absolutely. Um, The friends and friends of friends are the ones who are likely to be critical and get the time to give you the feedback. Anyone who discovers your brand online is just that. They either like it or not like it. They're not going to take the time to share feedback and improve the product. And the second part of it is it's very likely that your website and your branding and your product will have to go through multiple iterations before it's ready for main stage. Sure. It it might get very disheartening to start putting marketing dollars and not seeing results early on. And it's the problem of, you know, you jumped into paid marketing way too soon. So, I mean, what great advice. Okay. So then... Tell us about your approach then. 
So when did mm-hmm. you, or when did you have to go after kind of that, that next round, that next circle of people that didn't know about your brand? Absolutely. Our packaging and uh, the product had gone through three or four iterations. We felt confident on that side. Our website and the photo shoot and, you know, this is all in preparation to go to digital marketing. Uh, we completely revamped the look and feel of it, the the copywriting, the language, etc., and after about six to eight months in the business, we started experimenting with Facebook advertisement. Uh, there, it's all always about uh, two things. One, having a, a list of your customer email IDs that Facebook can use to find similar customers or similar audience. You know, uh, the tech companies are very good at this, but you need that initial list to go go into. The second is uh, the content. Uh, In this day and age, you get five seconds to make an impression. So we we needed very good content to start digital marketing. And yeah, so uh, till date, we're still learning and improving our digital marketing efforts and how we tell our story and communicate it. But it's a, you know, start from month six approximately and continue learning for the rest of uh, your brand's lifetime. I noticed also, in addition to selling on your own site where you can get a subscription, bi-monthly, monthly, et cetera, number of meals, you also are selling on Amazon. You actually have incredible reviews and a nice uh, store on the store, store within the store on Amazon. How do you think Mm -hmm. about um, other routes to market? So again, your D2C site, e-commerce marketplace, maybe even retail. How do you think about those mm-hmm. um, independently? Absolutely. Uh, so our approach might have been different or even uh, you know, not the perfect one when it comes to this. Uh, initially, we wanted the cumanclub.com to be the only place where our products will be available. And uh, what we learned is that it is hard to jump into a subscription and especially when the cuisine is new to you and sure. the the brand is new to you. So there are too many new things happening. So that's where something like Amazon, you know, it's a household name. You trust them. It, uh, you know, they will uh, do, do the right thing if you have a bad experience and so on. So now we look at uh, all the uh, online platforms as a way of introducing ourselves in a less risky or like you know perceived risk uh, environment, and we have our top sellers from D 2 C on Amazon and other uh, retail places like Instacart. Got it. Uh, and we have the full variety on the website. So that's that's our approach where we, you know, make it risk free to sure. uh, to try our top sellers and the explore the depth of the offering on our website. Yeah, one thing I was really impressed by was the pricing. I mean, twenty meals at four ninety nine a meal is like very reasonable if you think about mm-hmm. someone going out to to eat. And I mean, I thought that was very reasonable. Now, you could also do like a subscribe and save on Amazon. Have you thought about that in terms of a subscription model similar to what you do on your own D2C platform? Absolutely. Uh, Subscribe and save on Amazon uh, has helped a lot of brands uh, have that, uh, you know, uh, recurring revenue. 
to for us we still uh position the cumanclub.com as where we have this longer relationship with our customer uh you know but always learning and that perception could change sure makes sense no, that's cool mm-hmm. it's interesting just to think about um okay very exciting uh, what about retail because you've got product mm-hmm. you've got like shelf ready shelf stable product so That's you correct. could go into a lot of different types of retail outlets. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I could think of many formats where this would work. What's your thinking on that? Absolutely. Uh, the retail playbook uh, is you know, out there. Multiple brands have executed retail entry. Uh, two things that we learned from you know, understanding the playbook. One, it is capital intensive. And two, uh, it is also going to be, um, you know, a cut to cut on margins. And, exactly. You know, It'd be hard to maintain that four ninety nine per meal. I mean, they're right. I mean, that's or even five. I mean, because of the shipping, the margins the retailers got to meet. Right? That's the biggest challenge. Correct. And uh, also, you know, for, for the reason of growing with customers that we can email and talk to before growing to customers who never interact with us just pick us up from the retail store. It's definitely coming. It's about staging one phase of the growth after another. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's part of the plan for 2023 and 2024 to Got it. make... Uh, top sellers available in retail. Excellent. No, that's, that's awesome. In fact, you, it's a great segue. I was going to say, what are the keys to growth? Um, if you look at the next six to 12 months, um, that's mm-hmm. absolutely one of them. Do, uh, what about, do you have enough, like 40 with the seven? Is that plenty? In, in other words, you have the right set. So now it's more of just a matter of getting more presence and awareness. Uh, we take the approach of, uh, we always want to give more variety. Uh especially on the website where we are you know we are serving customers who have been with us for 2 years and they have tried a total of 200 meals uh, sure. from cumin club for them every new dish is surprise and delight it's an opportunity for us to you know uh, keep them pleased and keep them happy for a few more months for that reason we launch one or two dishes every month and as part of that, we might retire a few dishes, um, you know, and so on. Sure. Makes sense. So we look at it as a rotational assortment. Got it. On the website to keep things interesting. And, you know, end of the day, even if it's the best food, you can only eat the same dish. Right. So, so many, many times. times over and over <laughs> and over. I agree. Hey, I love to ask our guests um, some of their biggest lessons learned in launching a brand. Your early days still. I mean, you've done, you've done so well with getting product out there and curating a mix and, and both D2C and e-commerce and then now retail coming and um, and with enough product set that and variety that makes it interesting, quite frankly, to retail buyers. But what would be maybe one or two things you've learned that you'd share with other entrepreneurs that are listening about launching a brand? You've already shared the one around digital marketing. Maybe pick one or two more. Absolutely. Um I had mentioned the the content and storytelling and uh, um, the importance of that. Just uh, you know, double clicking on that a little bit. Uh, it's launching a brand is always different from launching a product. The product has to be good, and 
it the brand has to be relevant for us it means that uh you know taking indian food to a 2.0 where we go beyond the the tikka masala and introduce uh you know everyone to uh something more nuanced and more sure. re- regional and the second part of it is growing in a conscious way the the dry ice and the ice boxes that come with frozen food has always been a problem for customers you know um, it's too much packaging i mean it's expensive packaging <laughs> and then mm-hmm. what do you do with it when you receive it you throw it away it's a lot of waste exactly it is uh it is going to cost more in carbon footprint in oh. shipping in wastage and everything so totally we we were quite sure about not following the trend there and creating something shelf stable that can be shipped in a more environmental friendly way Got I'm it. saying all of this because those are the two pillars on which we built the brand. One is the environmental consciousness and no press, you know, uh no wastage, no dry ice, etc. And the second is it's all about clean food. We are sure. we are done with you know, brands are uh food items that have what seems to be a class a preservative but you would never have it in your own kitchen so having whole and natural ingredients is the second pillar so we built the product and the brand was built on these two pillars and that's coming from what trends we observe in the market it doesn't have to be in your own category it can be in any category sure man Love that. What great advice for, especially if you're in the food business. I mean, gosh, you could take this episode and, and there's just some really good things to think about as you're launching a new brand. Um, so excited for you and where you are today and what's in front of you. I mean, like I, I always have to say, lots of stretch and runway for you and this brand. And I guess you've already got the packaging right. You've already got your D2C and e-commerce rights, you know, just adding other scale. Um, before we go, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy product, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we are at thecumanclub.com and we are also on Amazon and Instacart. The uh, If you're looking for uh, for recommendations, uh, please do try Samba Ridley. That's my personal favorite. And it's, <laughs> nice. something, and it's something you would never find in an Indian restaurant, but I'm confident that it'll pleasantly surprise you. We are... Uh, as i mentioned the the whole meal comes together in just 5 minutes and the price point is $4.99 so you know i'm hoping that uh the cumin club opens up the uh, indian food and takes it to new places and a lot of vegetarians and vegans have always found comfort in indian food because of lentils and how popular they are in the indian cuisine um you know we welcome all flexitarians to try the cumin club as well because sometimes it's hard to give up meat and you're looking for ways to cut down your uh meat consumption 
all of us, uh, you know, can help the environment in that front. So yeah, thecumanclub.com. I love it. Answer to all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, man, it's so great meeting you. And I'm so thankful this worked out in terms of us getting the episode t- together today. And really appreciate you being here. I-, I look forward to staying in touch and hopefully meeting you in person soon. And just real excited for wh- where you're going. You got to come back on as you continue to grow. I know you'll have some amazing stories to share down the road. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me again. And uh, really enjoyed talking to you, Justin. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional Contender Cast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.